step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, baby. Woo, baby. Back at it again, baby. It's another edition of the NFL Draft Bible Radio here on this Friday, May 8th, 2015. Just one week following the 2015 NFL Draft. And the NFL Draft Bible Familia is in the building to break it all down for you. For the people now, I am your host, Rick Saratella, telling it like it is. And I got a cast of characters with me to go over the winners. The losers, the wild cards, the overrated, the underdrafted. Oh, my God. Can't stop, won't stop, baby. It's another edition, and we're going to bring it to you live, cut, unraw, rapid fire style. And first off, before we do that, I want to let everybody know about MyFantasyLeague.com. Make sure to check out MyFantasyLeague.com for all your fantasy football web hosting solutions. A lot of good contests going on. Uh, we run all of our dynasty leagues off that, so myfantasyleague.com, check it out. And, of course, nfldraftbible.com. We're getting ready for the relaunch, folks. Stay tuned here as we're getting ready for the nfldraftbible.com relaunch. Whew, if you don't have your book in the Bible, then you ain't learning. Time to be a disciple. Now let's get with it. First off, from the NFL Draft Bible Roundtable familiar, if you're listening to the show, you already know, the guru in the house, he's none other than Mr. Joe Everett himself, how are we doing today, Joseph? Amazing, grading drafts, uh, getting ready for the 2016. Only 357 days left to go, right? <laughs> but who's counting? I know one person yeah. that is, is our guy, Brian Palmese, longtime contributor to the NFL Draft Bible. Welcome him into the show, post-draft mortem style. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing well, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Uh can't just want to echo what uh, my friend just said. The draft's come and gone, and I felt like it didn't last long enough. It's like Christmas in April. But, uh, again, the draft was awesome, and looking forward to it, seeing these young guys play this year. Well, it's a long process, and now that it's over, let's uh, see where the dust has settled. And uh, we'll work backwards because everybody likes to talk about the winners. Let's talk about the loot. You know, it's hard to give out grades, but, you know, you kind of – look at your board and then match up the other guys' picks and see where they went with it and how they did. Joe, I'm going to start off with you. And, you know, we'll do shows, just so you, the audience knows, during the off season, we're going to do podcasts dedicated to each individual team. So if we don't get to your team on this show, definitely make sure you subscribe and follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff because we'll break down every single team, not just the rookies, but the depth charts, the free agent signings. But for this reason's purposes, uh, blog talk restricts us for the time, so we're going to do one winner wild card and see where we got to left uh, to talk about after that. So, Joe, I'm going to for the biggest loser, and Tony Romo's not eligible for this one, but who's the biggest loser <laughs> coming out of this draft weekend, in your opinion? 
Well, outside of Lyle Collins, I think he's clearly number one on the list, uh, losing all the money that he lost. But uh, team-wise, it's so difficult because I can't say we're a blatant loser because they are getting talent. I mean, you look at all of these teams, it's not like they're getting all bust after bust after bust, but there's two teams for me tied, just uh, confusing. So I'll go with the Panthers. Uh, and once again, Shaq Thompson, it's not that I'm, – I'm a huge fan of Shaq Thompson. I think he's an athletic specimen, you know, uh, versatility he gives you. So a uh, nice little pick, but it's where are you going to play him? Uh, wide receiver, uh, safety, running back, you could do a number of things. Obviously linebacker is what they list him at. And then the worst part of it is having Thomas Davis introduce the guy. Uh, the guy is going to take his job, but the one that I really hate is Devin Funches. They traded away their third-round pick just to move up 16 spots for this kid. I, I just don't see it. He's a, He's got suspect hands. He is speed deficient. I implore people to look at the Michigan games. I just don't understand why they ca- uh, paired Kelvin Benjamin up with a guy like that. Why not go get a speedster? And if you're going to trade up, go get Devin Thomas or uh, Devin Smith, the Ohio State kid. I mean, I don't understand. Or just wait and get Jalen Strong, this – Devin Funch's pick just it didn't make any sense, and it doesn't even matter. Well, we're going to use him at tight end. You've already got Greg Olson. I just uh, don't see it. Like Once again, though, the Panthers, I like Daryl Williams back there, team captain, great run blocker, great intangibles, probably will start for them. Also like uh, Cameron Artis Payne. That's not a bad pick. But once again, I just taking David Mayo when you already took a linebacker as a luxury and Shaq Thompson when you didn't need him with Keekley and Thomas Davis. It's just I don't understand the Panthers draft. And really, looking back on it, guys, I think the Rams kind of fleeced the Panthers on that trade, just got themselves an extra third rounder. Uh, uh, kudos to uh, Les Snead. Well, you know, uh, I'm I'm glad you started off where you did, Joe, because things are going to get interesting real quick around here because uh, <laughs> Brian is our residential Carolina insider, so I'm sure he's going to have a thing or two to say about the Carolina draft before he delves into his biggest loser. Yeah, um, I, I can see where the perception is that there were losers coming out of it. I mean, the, the Shaq Thompson pick was a little bit of a head-scratcher for some. I definitely thought they were looking at uh, – possibly Jake Fisher or even uh, jumping a little early for Devin Smith to get that speedster outside. But uh, Gettleman has shown that he, if he has his uh, sights locked on someone, Shaq Thompson, he's not afraid to take him. Uh, the rumor going around Charlotte now is that the Cowboys were uh, going to take him, I think, at 27 or 28. So if Carolina wanted him, that's where they wanted to take him. Uh, he definitely doesn't fit an immediate need. Um, I've heard a lot about a versatility until it's worn into the ground, but I mean, the kid is definitely a playmaker on defense. I, I was really hoping they would move him to a uh, strong safety like uh, Cam Chancellor and just get that beast of a playmaker in the uh, secondary, but um, I think they're going to play him at uh, outside linebacker next to Keekley on the uh, strong side. The Funches pick I'm warming up to, to be honest. Uh, again, another pick that I was a little, you know, struggled with at first and I watched some tape on him more so and, I really think the, the system he was at at Michigan didn't really allow him to flourish uh, between the quarterback and the coach that was walking out the door. I just think he didn't really get to put on his skills. Ideally, they would have liked to have a speedster, but I think with Kelvin Benjamin, if you can't get speed, you might as well get another twin tower to come on the opposite side. So I think him and Benjamin in the red zone are going to be a complete matchup nightmare for defenses. But again, like I said, Joe, I, I, get, the, I get the sentiment, and I know a lot of people aren't big fans of the Panthers uh, draft. As for my yeah, loser in the draft... Is- Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. No, I just wanted to follow up because I think this is something that, you know, time will tell, and I, and I get the perception there. Um, 
you know, Funches is a guy, he's a boomer bust, but when you line him outside of Benjamin, this this pick could go boom, and then Shaq Thompson could develop into a starter. Darrell Williams with the fourth-round pick could be a starter. And then Cameron Artis-Payne, I mean, they might they might get five starters out of this draft. So I could see the perception where um, maybe according to our board it wasn't the most ideal thing. But, you know, that's why every team has a different board and, and different players fit different needs. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this draft plays out. And it is hard, like Joe said, it's hard to pick a loser because um, there, there's a lot of talent in this draft. But um, I would probably label it more as a wild card than a loser. I'll get to my loser in a second, but first, uh, Brian Tommy's going to hit us with his loser. <laughs> uh, it was kind of hard, like Joe was saying, at this early stage to really put losers out there, and there's definitely going to be some players in, out of each team's draft class that are going to be solid, but glancing over some of the teams, I was going to go with Indianapolis with the way they reached for Philip Dorsett, and just the rest of their picks didn't really do a whole lot for me, but honestly, the NFC champs, the Seattle Seahawks kind of turned me off a little bit. Uh, the Frank Clark pick moving up for him, I think he's got a lot of issues. And the way the NFL is moving right now, I just think it was a real risky pick to move up. I know they needed a defensive end big, and the way they were going off the board, they saw the pick and took the risk. But just kind of not, not a big fan, kind of like the Greg Hardy situation. And then Tyler Lockett in the third round, I thought with uh, Richardson already there, it's a similar wide receiver to bring in. Um, maybe if they could have went with a bigger receiver, it would have made a little bit more sense for me. But just glancing down their board, I uh, just overall just not a big fan of the way they went. Uh, a little bit on the offensive line. Um, other than that, yeah, I just I'm just not a huge fan of their draft. Yeah, you know, Seattle's always been one of those teams that have been, you know, they kind of beat to their own path, uh, kind of like the Patriots. They they pluck guys higher than you think. They they pull guys from programs that are like completely off the radar. And you know what, the Seahawks and the Patriots, they, they've both had a lot of success in recent years, so I'm not not ever going to question their draft because I think they have a different uh, mentality going into it, a different way of doing things. And there's a reason why certain teams aren't part of the blessed though in the national folks because they, they have a different system, a different method, and uh, sometimes that works out to their advantage. Now, as for my biggest loser, um, you know, I'm starting to believe more and more – that this Rex Ryan character is pretty persuasive inside the draft room and seems like wherever he goes, uh, his kind of guys are drafted. And we saw it with the Jets. And I have a feeling here in Buffalo we're kind of seeing the same pattern. And, you know, Rex Ryan's a good defensive coordinator. I'm not so sure about head coach. One thing I know he's not is a talent evaluator. And when I look at the Buffalo Bills, draft board here first off you go back to last year they probably gave up too much for Sammy Watkins considering the draft class uh, that came out last year they probably didn't have to give up this year's first round pick to get that impact wide receiver but they did and so they didn't have a pick until number 50th overall which they took Ronald Darby at cornerback big surprise with the Rex Ryan head coach there Um, you know not a terrible pick but also not the greatest pick and then round three, John Miller, a guard. Uh, I don't get this pick. You know, I, I don't draft guards uh, this high when, uh, you know, I only have uh, five picks to work with in the entire draft. You know, guards are, are more devalued than running backs, in my opinion, because they're just not good enough to play tackle. Uh, therefore, you're getting an inferior athlete uh, with that number 81 overall pick. Uh, I could have got a guy with John Miller's 
skill set probably in the fifth or sixth round easily. Uh, but I get it. He's going to come in and, and probably replace somebody on that offensive line. Then you keep it moving. You don't have a fourth-round pick. So, you know, we don't have a lot of picks to work with here. A guy like Carlos Williams uh, in the fifth-round pick would be more of a team that uh, had the luxury of additional picks rather than a team that was shorthanded on picks. I'm not sure Carlos Williams even gets drafted. And listen, there's nobody a bigger fan of Carlos Williams than myself if you listen to the show. Uh, I was shocked when he was drafted in the first round, and I was shocked to learn that they're going to move him to safety. So uh, not only did you waste another pick on a guy that probably wasn't going to get drafted, now you're converting and switching his position to uh, the defensive back. Surprise, surprise. And then another guy, Tony Stewart, um, way off the draft board with their sixth-round pick. Uh, Nick O'Leary in the sixth round, no problems there, Desmond Lewis. But I look at their board overall, and I just don't see a whole lot of impact on a roster that needs a lot of help. Uh, I'm not so sure that uh, they did the right thing here. So, in my opinion, uh, they're not circling the wagons in Buffalo after this draft. So, there's the uh, three big losers from the draft weekend. And uh, we got three different teams, three different opinions. Now, time to keep things flipping and reverse it on the up and up with the winners. Listen to NFL Draft Bible Radio with Rick Saratella, Joe Everett, and Brian Palmy breaking it all down for you. Again, check us out on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. We've got the Facebook going, and of course now on Instagram, you want to get caught up on all of our on-location pictures, videos, access reports. We got it all covered for you, baby. All right, uh, time for the winners. We're going to start off with Brian this time. The team that came out on top. At the end of the day, after it was all said and done, was? As much as it pains me to say it, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the NFC South rival with the Panthers. Um, I really thought, before I get into them, I thought Baltimore and Chicago and Minnesota all had strong drafts. It was kind of torn between these four. But after scrolling through all the picks from top to bottom, I really think the Falcons did a bang-up job. Uh, The first round, they started, they needed an edge rusher with Zig Beasley. I was a Bud Dupree fan, but I saw the value in Vic Beasley. And even though it went eighth overall, I think he's going to present a great edge rusher down in Atlanta. Um, they kept it continuing the second round. They went with Jalen Collins, who I thought could have went the end of the first round. So to get him where they did, I thought it was solid uh, pick value-wise. And then the cream of the crop with their picks, man, uh, Tevin Coleman out of Indiana. He was one of my favorite backs in this draft after Gurley. And uh, Tevin Coleman was a beast. And I thought getting him in the third round was a great value. And then continuing on the offensive side, they grabbed Justin Hardy, a great slot receiver out of East Carolina. Um, a lot of Panther fans were high on Justin Hardy and thought that he might come here, but he's going to be terrorizing them on the other side of the ball down in Atlanta for quite some time, I think. And then staying in the uh, – Yeah, and they lost, they, lost, uh, they, lost, yeah, they lost Harry Douglas in, in the slot there too, so that's going to be a yeah. good, uh, good, good plug-in plug right there. Yeah, I think he'll step in right away as a slot receiver. He's got huge hands. I mean, he's, just, he's incredible to watch on tape. And then Grady Jarrett really slipped at nose tackle out of Clemson. I thought he would go a little bit earlier than the fifth round, but um, Atlanta kept it going and picking up great value uh, early in the fifth. So I really think a bang-up job by the Falcons, as much as it pains me, but I really think they hit a home run on draft day for now, and then also down the line they filled a lot of needs. Yeah, I would agree. I'm uh, completely on board with that. I uh, I gave the Falcons a B plus, and I also had – the, uh, I think you mentioned the, the, the Vikings and, and the, the Bears were your other teams. I got them rated pretty highly. 
so my my top team is still around. I I actually overall out of 32 teams, I had four A's. I'll tell you who my number one team was. Uh, but first, Joe Everett's going to tell us who his biggest winner was. Well, I uh, definitely agree with Atlanta. And real quick on Tevin Coleman, his style of running, upright, one cut and go with that explosion. And the new offensive yeah. coordinator for the Falcons, Kyle Shanahan, forget about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is just oh, yeah. a great combination. But uh, And I also agree with Baltimore. I mean, uh, it's, once again, the rich get richer, but I don't want to be repetitive because Baltimore, Ozzie Newsom, great draft every year. I'm going Steelers. Uh, you mentioned Bud Dupree. I can't believe the Steelers get a guy like that falls right in their lap when they have a dire need at pass rusher. No more Lamar Woodley. They took a swing and a miss with Jarvis Jones. I mean, I hate to say it. And then the sudden retirement of Jason Worlds, uh, getting a player, uh, the caliber of Dupree is cool that late with that plus athleticism. He's got a great tra- track record and one of the best conferences in college football. So, uh, I think that's a home run. I love the Sinquez Golson pick. I was, I thought he may fall a little bit later because of lack of height, but this kid's a gamer. Uh, Double-digit interceptions, former Major League Baseball draft pick, uh, mature kid who I think is going to play immediately in sub-packages, diamond, nickel probably, and then Sammy Coates. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, third-round wide receivers. Uh, the track record is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Marcus Whedon. Uh, and, and what do – you know, it's not just drafting talent. It's developing that talent. Pittsburgh is great with wide receivers and getting the best out of them. So Sammy Coates' laps and concentrations in case of the dropsies may be cured by some excellent coaching at Three Rivers. So I, I just think the first three picks, all home runs for, uh, for the Steelers. Yeah, you know, uh, Steelers are one of the best at, at doing this here, and uh, I, I really like the Sammy Coach pick as well. I think he's a first-round talent, and uh, I think he's going to be a big, big impact in that, that Steelers offense. Uh, <clears throat> my winner, and I have trouble picking just one, and, and my four A's, for those of you who are curious, uh, you know, I have the Dolphins sliding in there. I really liked what the Jacksonville Jaguars did, um, but they're the Jaguars, so I can't pick them as the number one winner because they're born losers. Um, and I like, you know, what the Detroit Lions did because, you know, I really like what Martin Mayhew does with the draft year in and year out, uh, just about each and every single year. He he really, me and him think alike. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm going to go with this one here because, Every year, the draft is like the Super Bowl for them. I go, I do their, their radio appearances, their, their radio shows, the fans, they can't wait for the draft, the draft, the draft. It's like the Super Bowl every year. And I think they finally hit the nail on the head here. I think they got it right. Yet, when I look around, I haven't looked at too many draft grades, but when I looked at some of them, somebody had them picked as the losers. I gave them an A. Hey, they're your backyard Cleveland Browns, new uniforms and all. Hey, now, I got double-digit picks, and I don't see why not every single one of these guys can come in and make an impact. We talk about early and often. Danny Shelton up the middle, plugs up the middle of the defense. I like how they build the inside out first. On the second pick, they went offense. Cameron Irving at center, building the middle of those offense and defensive lines. I'm a big believer in building from the inside out. Nate Orchard is a pass rusher they can add to the mix who – uh, so many players told you at that, that senior bowl week of practice, the toughest player to cover was Nate Orchard. So I think he brings another uh, 
pass rushing element dimension into that 34 defense. And then your boy, Joe Duke Johnson, a uh, little, little, uh, a uh, little fire to to add to the earth and wind duo. They got Terrence West and Isaiah Crowell, and now they, they put Duke Johnson into that earth, wind, and fire mix now in the backfield. Of course, Xavier Cooper, a small school, uh, small under the radar, Washington State defensive tackle. And then you look in the, the later round picks, and all these guys, uh, you know, between Abraham Campbell at safety, Vince Maley at wide receiver, Charles Gaines at cornerback, uh, Randall Telfair, a tight end, Hayes Pillard, at linebacker. They can all come in and compete for starting jobs. And then the last pick, uh, the kid out of Oregon, Ifo Ekri Olamu. I mean, you know, I just botched his name, but we all know he's been on the NFL radar for quite uh, some time now as a, as a first-round pick. And it's a roll of the dice. If it doesn't work out, so what? You use the seventh-round pick on him. If, you, if it does work out, you have a potential starting cornerback. So I think the Cleveland Browns did a took huge strides in towards in terms of moving in the right direction and upgrading their overall roster talent. Uh, you know, however number many of picks there are here, like I said, I think uh, a handful of them are going to make a huge impact. I think they got at least three or four starters out of this year's draft, and I don't know if you could ask for anything more uh, out of a draft class. So uh, guys, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here. I like it. I love their last two picks. Like you said, getting Ekpre Alomo and then Hayes Bullard in the seventh round. The guy's a four-year starter, two-time team captain, has experience in the 3-4 and 4-3. That's just like stealing to me. He must have a flunked medical or something. I I can't believe he fell that far. So that's a perfect fit for uh, the Brownies since, you know, they seem to be changing defenses every other year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we've got the NFL Draft Bible familiar, breaking it down. Brian Palmicio, Everett Rick Saratella here, you there. And uh, we're going to dive into the wild card, okay? Every year there's a team, you know, you're not so sure. It could go this way, it could go that way. Of course, only time will tell. And we'll start off with uh, Joe Everett on this one. Who's your wild card team from the NFL Draft weekend? I think it's got to be St. Louis. Um, it's, it's you know some of these picks they didn't make a lot of sense, and you know they shocked the world with the Todd Gurley thing. But I honestly believe they were staring dead at Eric Flowers, and the rug just got kind of yanked up from under. And it's like, well, what do we do? You know what? BPA. Les Snead probably got up on banging the table or something. I don't know, but um, that could pay off for him. I mean, some people think. Bar none, he's even with the injury, best player in this class. So I like that. And then addressing those needs with Havenstein and Jamon Brown, these guys aren't, you know, uh, amazing athletes by any stretch, but a lot of uh, experience playing. And then Sean Mannion, we'll talk about wild cards. Uh, I think he's in a very good developmental situation. You're uh, not going to be asked to, to play immediately, but that's a guy, you know, we've been talking about uh, so much leading up to the draft, and his stock just really rose. And that's just, I think, you know, quarterback found a good home there. And then Aaron Andrew Donald from Iowa, it just depends where he's played. But a team that needed a ton of help on O-line got it, and they've got a prospect for the future at quarterback and then a potential game changer. So it's, it just depends. You know, injury will 
dictate how the Rams do. But once again, love the GM, and I love the trades they made on draft day. So I love how they do business in St. Louis. Well, you know what, Joe? Great minds think alike, and that was actually my wild card team. So I'm just going to go next because I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But I do want to elaborate on some of the things that Joe said. I mean, here's a team where I see so many needs, okay? Uh, I look at the cornerback and the safety positions, and I see weak starters. I look at the wide receiver position, and I see a bunch of mediocrity. Um, I, I see a quarterback, a new quarterback with not too many uh, quality targets to throw to. Yet, when I look at their draft, I see uh, one, two, three, four offensive linemen, yet three of them are probably going to play guard. And, uh, again, here, you know, there's a reason why you're picking inside the top ten because you're not that good. So, and I understand offensive line was a need. But uh, you have other needs too, brother. And when you just concentrate on the offensive line, uh, that means the rest of your team isn't being upgraded. So uh, I understand you, you, you beefed up the O-line, and you might have a running back. Uh, Marcus Latimer is still pretty, pretty fresh in my head. So you might, you might have a running back at number 10. Uh, so you use the first-round pick at running back. You use four other picks on offensive linemen. And you, then you took a quarterback that uh, was just, you know, the prettiest girl at the ugly dance. And, you know, you still didn't get a receiver here. You still didn't get any secondary help. Uh, I don't really get it, to be honest with you. Left me scratching my head. And who knows, maybe five years from now uh, they come out the winners in this thing. But it's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't think there's any in between with the St. Louis Rams. Uh, and I don't know if you want to inject your two cents, Brian, or, or transition into your wild card there, but uh, me and Joe were on the same page with uh, St. Louis. I think it's a solid team that you guys selected, both of you. Um, I mean, Gurley is definitely a huge wild card uh, in the draft. I'm a big fan of the uh, offensive tackle out of Iowa. I really like that. But like you said, I mean, they went heavy, heavy in the offensive line. So, they put all their eggs in that basket and then, you know, a stud running back, but who knows what his future is going to be like. So definitely a good choice for a wild card there. Uh, I'm going to dip over to the AFC for mine. Um, after scanning over a few teams, I, I really kind of am questioning, yet also excited to kind of see what the Bengals draft turns out to be. Uh, one of the biggest wild cards in the entire draft, uh, Cedric Aguayi, uh, Texas A&M. I mean, coming into the year, he was the top 10 pick. I mean, he looked like the top offensive tackle, you know, when the season started and then injuries and bouncing around the line the last two years. I don't think anybody had a good grasp or a pulse of where he was going to go in the draft this year. Some said middle of the first, some said middle of the second. Um, he ended up, you know, finding a home in Cincinnati. And then the Bengals turn around the next round and take one of my, if not my favorite, uh, one of the, my favorite offensive tackles in this draft in Jake Fisher out of Oregon. I think he's going to be a great left tackle mm-hmm. in this league, but then, Agwehi, they say he, you know, he might be better off on the left side, but he wants to play right side. So, who knows where each you know, each of these two guys are going to play at? And then uh, Tyler Croft out of Rutgers, uh, I, I kind of like the pick a lot. I'm kind of intrigued to see what he does in the league. Um, and then a little farther down, one of the guys that I really had an eye on that I liked uh, later on in the draft was going to be Darren Smith. I mean, to get him in the sixth round, I, there's got to be a reason why he fell so far. I mean, early in the year he was a late first round grade. And then he just mm-hmm. steadily slipped all season. But to scoop him up in the sixth round, I think it was a pretty solid. Again, he could be somebody that's maybe a little injured. He might not pan out. So Cincinnati has either a really good-looking draft or they could have a complete bust of a draft. 
No, that's a good pick there. And uh, Deron Smith, I think he had that fourth hernia surgery before the draft, so yeah. that's probably why his uh, stock fell there. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things, and we're going to transition, guys, we're wrapping it up, so I'm going to go around the table and come to you guys for one thing. One, one thing you're dying to get off your chest about the NFL draft. I'm going to come to each of you guys, but first, because we're on the Rams, and I actually – I haven't gotten a chance to digest the draft entirely or thoroughly, however you want to phrase it. Um, but I did – you know, I did some digging. I got – you know, I didn't get to the later rounds yet. I got to review some of – up to the, some of the middle rounds. And I'm just going to give you some guys that stood out to me that went in the, in the mid-round, third and fourth round specifically real quick that you should keep a lookout for. Then we'll go to Joe and, and Brian for what they want to get off their chest before we wrap it up. But – some guys to take note of here, and uh, uh, round number three, uh, 70th overall, Jalen Strong for the Houston Texans. I think this kid's going to do some serious damage there. Uh, I think lining up opposite of New Hopkins is, is going to be very beneficial for him, and I know uh, New Hopkins had a very good season last year. It wouldn't surprise me whether it be this year, next year, or somewhere in the near future that Jalen Strong emerges as the Texans' number one wide receiver. Remember, you heard it here first, NFL Draft Bible. Uh, A couple other guys real quick. Jordan Hicks, number 84th overall in the third round. This kid here is going to do some serious damage in the Eagles' defensive scheme. Perfect Chip Kelly player, and I think he – Lit a little bit uh, in the draft because of some medical issues, but I think Jordan Hicks, you're in an IDP league for fantasy football, looking to pick up some uh, some sacks on the cheap. Uh, Jordan Hicks would be that dude. And then uh, round number four, number 120 overall, uh, uh, Brian just mentioned the Bengals, and I thought they found a gem in Josh Shaw. I'm actually – I know most people pegged him as a safety. I'm really happy to hear that they're going to be playing him at cornerback. Uh, I think he can excel there, and I think it's a nice safety net to have. If he doesn't work out at corner, you can shift him over to free safety. So I really love the Josh Shaw pick. I, I told you, Joe, before the draft he's going to be starting in this league. So to get him with the 120th pick overall, I thought was a real steal. And then one other guy that we also mentioned before the draft on our previous podcast, uh, Shaquille Olajuwon Mason, uh, number 131st overall to the New England Patriots. Uh, talk about the ultimate uh, dynamo, jack-of-all-trades, backup offensive lineman, plug him in at center, plug him in at guard. Oh, you need a tackle, why not throw him there too? Uh, no combine, no problem. Shaq Mason going in the fourth round to the Patriots. Love that pick. Uh, so we'll toss it over to Brian for uh, something to get off your chest, my man, from this past draft weekend. Uh, the biggest thing that's on my chest right now that I've got to get off has got to be about how long it took that first day and just the transition that between ESPN and the NFL Network. I mean, I love them. i got to watch the draft. But between that and Twitter, you're going back and forth trying to figure out, am I watching it live? Am I going to watch it on Twitter? Picks are backing up like <laughs> traffic on the freeway. I mean, it's just it's frustrating as anything trying to watch you know, the draft, and I don't know. It just they got to figure a way between technology and social media right now to kind of fuse the two together. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's streaming a different way, but you know, fans that are out there that wait 365 days for the draft every year, it's kind of hard blowing through the draft in four or five hours. You know, 
No, good point. Uh, I was definitely shocked. I mean, they left the media out in the cold on day three, so I had to go back to my hotel room and watch the draft. And I got a, I got a sampling, a little taste of how bad the draft coverage is. And it's, I, I, I don't have any apologies for saying it. It is brutal. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> it's really piss poor coverage. Uh, I was embarrassed for them. So uh, ESPN, NFL Network, if you're listening and you want some real draft coverage, uh, holla at me, and you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, but, yeah, no, that was embarrassing. The the television network coverage for the NFL draft is shameful. I mean, we're on we're on day three, and they're still talking about the first-round guys. And they're showing me pre-packaged clips of guys that were taken in the first round. But we're talking about, you know, day three here, fellas. That, you know, it's, it's really a shame. Uh, I think they need to just blow it all up and start from scratch because uh, they're just not getting the job done. I could do a whole episode on that, so don't get me started, Brian, but good point. Uh, over <laughs> to Joe Everett for, for something he needs to get off his chest before we just start some riots up in here. <laughs> uh, well, just uh, guys that found good homes. Uh, this is a good running back class. I personally think next year's might even be better. There's a little taste for a future podcast, but uh, – uh, I think Melvin Gordon, Kevin Coleman, all found good homes. Obviously, Gurley, those offensive linemen, they're just going to pound pavement, and Gurley's going to run right behind him. But I think one guy that, you know, you want a sleeper in your fantasy leagues underlying this name, and I mentioned the Ravens. I think we all like the Ravens draft. Buck Allen at fourth uh, fourth round, 26th pick. At 125 mm-hmm. overall, I think that's ridiculous, uh, especially in solid. this scheme. I mean, he's such a great uh, athlete, laterally quick, and he has that creativity in the open field. And Mark Tressman now, the new OC for the Ravens. Like, well, I don't think we yeah. have to look back too far. Matt Forte caught 176 footballs the last two years. Uh, if Buck Allen gets that role, and I know some people say, oh, four sets in the way, you got Tyler Farrow, but it's, you know, a new offensive coordinator, new guys, they're going to see what they like. I think Buck Allen is uh, – potential steal outside of the top 100. So that's one guy. And then also, you know, speaking of fantasy football, you IDPers out there going to give you a little taste of a sleeper. Jake Ryan, Green Bay Packers, getting him that late. They've been getting by with, uh, I mean, paper clips, tin foil, and duct tape at middle linebacker. They had to move Clay Matthews over on the inside. He's playing out of position. I think they move him back inside. Jake Ryan is a perfect fit. He is so pro-ready, technically proficient, great footwork, can play in coverage. This is a guy I think he's going to play a ton of snaps as a rookie. And where they drafted him, where are you going to be able to get him in Dynasty Drafts? That's another name to underline. I think Jake Ryan's a a big steal by the pack. Taking my notes as we go, as should you, because this is how we do NFL Direct Bible Radio. Whew. For the people, man, we're the people's champion. Uh, we're going to be locked and loaded during your NFL, what they call the NFL offseason. However, at NFL Draft Bible, there is no offseason. There's only on-season because we can't stop, won't stop. Please follow us on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. If you haven't checked us out at NFLDraftBible.com, the relaunch, the website relaunches on the way. Really excited about it. So, uh you know, please do shoot us your feedback on Twitter. Follow us on the Facebook group. And we just, uh, like I said, joined the Instagram world. So uh, numerous ways to get at us. My email is rc at nfldraftbible.com. And uh, 
you know, we'll be releasing the 2016 big board relatively quick. We'll have uh, tons of scouting reports for the 2016 draft class once we relaunch the new website. And uh, that's been another edition of uh, Rapid Fire Style. It's a freestyle edition. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. We appreciate the support all throughout the season. We ain't going nowhere. We'll be back. The best way to do is just track us on Twitter. We'll, we'll post the uh, podcast information, and uh, we'll have uh, Joe Everett and Brian Palmese and, of course, myself, Rick Saratella, breaking it all down for you. So uh, if you like what you heard, please do click subscribe. We appreciate all your support, and that's another way to get notified of uh, all of our latest and greatest shows. Till the next time, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.